What a great day for a Fransky Friday. Welcome back. It is the Midday Show. Hugh Douglas and Joe Gillio. Joining us right now, the guy you hear on a lot of these calls with the Phillies during the postseason last year, this year, and now headed back to the NLCS, Scott Fransky. How you doing, Scott? I'm doing great, Joe. How are you guys? Pretty good, pretty good. Scott, I just wanted to say, I, I know it's going to sound weird, but I, I just wanted to thank you for like doing your job. Because that was the first, the other day was the first time that I ever had a chance, because you know, I was running around the other day, and I had to listen to the game on the radio. And the way that you in L.A. were framing the game and, and talked about the game and, and took me kind of like behind the curtain a little bit, that was phenomenal, man, and I appreciate that. I, I, I feel like I have a better understanding of the game now since hearing you guys call the game the way that you did the other day. I appreciate it, and I thank you for doing your job in Atlanta, which was to keep Joe from getting himself beat up by some Braves fans. <laughs> I thanked him, too, for that, Scott, yeah. Otherwise, I, I would be in some big trouble right now. <laughs> Scott, last night, what an incredible moment. The deja vu from last year is 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 there with the Phillies beating the Braves. Before we get into the team and the series and where they're going now, Scott, take us through your call and watching and the emotion of the Rojas catch, because I'll tell you, watching at home, Scott, that ball felt like it hung up for a long time. What was it like when the ball came off the bat and, and you know, you calling it and realizing, you know, he did have a, a beat on it. It was just a matter of if he's going to make the catch or not. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a good catch for sure. I think, um, I don't know, you know, I didn't talk to him afterwards. I just, uh, so I don't know if he if he misread it at all, it was a little bit of a weird route. And um, I think that's what's kind of left it sort of hanging in the balance there to the very end. And he had to make that little jump to catch it on the track. But, um, you know, I couldn't help but um, just think about, because earlier in the day, you know, Topper had told us about a meeting he had with Rojas, um, you know, maybe pressing at the plate a little bit. And he told Johan, he said, look, and Johan had said, I, I just want to help the team win. And he said, well, you're going to do that, and you're going to do that with your glove. Uh, don't worry about the offense, and don't worry because you're not coming out of the lineup. Your defense is too valuable. Just be relaxed. Go out there and play. Make the plays defensively, and you will help your team win. And uh, that's all I could really think about in that moment because that was such a huge play. Um, in, in the ball game. I just thought off the bat it probably was – going to be big trouble, and um, and for Rojas to get there was just amazing. Now, Scott, take me through this, because cause I, if I recall correctly, it got real eerily quiet, or was that yeah. just me thinking that, <laughs> or did it really get quiet in the ballpark, and then when he made that catch, it just erupted all of a sudden? Yeah, I mean, uh, there were uh, it was very quiet. There were a couple of moments, I thought, uh, late in the game where it got really quiet, and I m- remarked about it on the broadcast, because it was just eerily quiet. It was um, you could you could sense the nervousness of everybody, you know, and, and if, in particular in that inning, you know, the first walk, maybe the volume went down a little bit. The second walk, it really went down, and they bring in Craig Kimbrell, and there's another walk, and uh, I mean, it was definitely quiet there, and that's something we're not used to in October with this, uh, you know, with the crowds at Citizens Bank Park. But I think everybody was just kind of feeling the moment, feeling the nervousness of it, and um, you know, they. Probably had some flashbacks to Monday night and come back by the Braves in game two. Um, but, uh, you know, again, there's Rojas to, you know, get on his horse and make a play. Scott, there are a lot of similarities between this team and last year's team and the, the path right now. I mean, winning the first two in the wild card, then beating the Braves in four, and, and away they go to the NLCS. But if there's one big difference, it's the way Nick Castellanos is hitting. I think we, we expect this out of Bryce Harper. We expect things out of Zach Wheeler. 
Castellanos had a bounce back year, but there were some ups and downs, and I wasn't sure what they were going to, you know, what version of him would show up in October. I mean, what an incredible two games! His first one almost flew under the radar because of Bryce's game and the whole Arcia moment. But back to back games with multiple home runs, no one's ever done it. It feels like they have one of the best sluggers in baseball locked fully back in right now. Yeah, he 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 really does look good. And I think down near the end of the year, he got the twenty nine homers, and I think was just basically trying to launch and and trying to get number thirty. Um, you know, the Phillies had clinched by that point, and uh, you know he did really did not have some good at bats the last few games of the regular season. But really, since the calendar has flipped and the postseason started, his at bats have been really good, and and they really look like the ones he had in the first half, not chasing. Um, you know, he's he's thinking middle of the field. Sometimes it means he's out front. Sometimes it means um, you know he's going the other way with it. You know, even the even the, the ball he hit the other night in Atlanta that Harris caught for the final out uh, for the double play. I mean, that was a really well hit ball. And um, I, you know, I think you you saw through the week and, and even you know going back to last week that the, the swing was different. Um, and that's you're right, it's huge because you know. Uh, Harper does Harper things, right? And Harper's, the, you know, the headliner, and he's the showman, and uh, he did what he did uh, in Game Three to to kind of give the Phillies the leg up. But I, I think this is a this is a team game, and the reason you win or you don't in October is because you get contributions from everywhere because you really need it. And um, the pitching was unbelievable, and you know, guys at different parts of the order um, all had their night. You know, and um, and everybody, you know, I mean, you look up and down the roster, and just about everybody made a pretty significant contribution somewhere along the way. Like like Scott, I'm trying to figure out a way I can frame this, but I'm just going to kind of tell you what I feel. Like watching that game last night, and and just watching this team as a whole, it just feels like they're locked and loaded, and and they cannot be denied. And and it it feels like you know their ultimate goal is to get to the World Series. So. What do you when you see this team and you, you you see them more than I do? What is their demeanor on a day to day basis? Same. Uh, I mean, they're just there having fun. They're just guys having fun. Um, I mean, they take the job seriously. They they know the difference between. It's like uh, Topper said yesterday. They know the you know the the difference between having fun and and uh, and goofing off. You know, um, having fun and, and playing the game the right way goes a long way and they keep each other in check they hold each other accountable they support each other in an amazing way i mean this is a you know a lot's been made of it uh, just the culture in the clubhouse um and and you won't you won't ever convince me otherwise that that makes a difference in the game of baseball um because again not everybody you know you can't just ride one superstar every single night the season's too long the playoffs are too long there's too many instances where Somebody else has to be put in the spotlight. And for the players to be able to go into those spots and know that not only do they have the, the support of their teammates, uh, but they also know that if, if they fail in that moment, they'll still have the support of their teammates. And it takes some of the fear of failure out of it, right? And, and fear is a powerful motivator, and it, it can keep people down. And that's the one thing about this game that analytics cannot quantify, and that's the human heartbeat and how they're able to handle moments like that. And uh, the Phillies, you know, they have a group of guys that know how to do it. We're talking to Scott Franski here as the Phillies are in the NLCS Monday night. It starts against Arizona. Scott, you mentioned analytics there and the heartbeat in the clubhouse. And it makes me think of Rob Thompson because he took over last year, did a great job to get them to the World Series. 
tough start this year, but he always is steady. And two two things I think, Scott, he does so well. One is the pulse of his players. You mentioned the story with Rojas. They, it just feels like he always knows what these guys need. Whether it's to be dropped in the order, moved up in the order, given a day. He's always calm. Whatever they need, he does it. And then the actual you know baseball part of it, I'm at the point now, Scott, where I just trust him with his bullpen moves. He's really good at managing the bullpen, and even if it's unconventional, like last night almost doing it backwards, nine times out of ten, it seems to work out for Rob Thompson. Yeah, and I, Larry said a similar kind of thing near the end of the broadcast yesterday. He said, I, I'm just, I just trust him. I, I just trust the moves he's going to make. And uh, you can disagree with him in the moment, and you can, you know, try to hindsight everything and that's easy to do in the game of baseball to kind of look back after everything happens but he's got to make the decision in the moment and I think last night it was one of those things where like you know look we have a lead it's getting into the mid to late innings fifth inning sixth inning whatever the case might be Um, I'm going to my highest leverage guys uh, in the spots that I feel they need to be out there and and we'll worry about what happens uh, in the eighth when the eighth comes around Um, but by the eighth, we might have a nine to two lead, right? Uh, who knows? Um, but I think the fact that he is willing to, you know, uh, trust himself, trust his relievers, trust his coaches' uh, recommendations, all those things, uh, it does it, it plays into the whole steady hand uh, mantra and the calmness. And and uh, you know, even when those moves don't work out, like in game two, uh, he remains confident, steadfast. Players feed off that. Players see that. Players know there's no panic in him, so there shouldn't be any panic in the players themselves. Scott, let's end with this as we look forward to Monday night, game one against Arizona and the next round here. There is something great to the steadiness of Topper, and he really kept the lineup pretty steady last year through the postseason. The one thing I am wondering as we move forward here is do you think we might reach a point where he moves Castellanos up in the order and Alec Bohm down. Bohm seems to be struggling. Castellanos is red hot. What do you think on that? As uh, I know there's that, you want to keep the steady approach, but it's one, at some point, maybe you want to switch those two guys. What happened in the first game for the Atlanta Braves? They switched they the lineup. What do you mean when they switched the lineup? They, yep. yeah. they switched the lineup. The, Brian Snicker had a rubber stamp lineup all year. And basically the only thing he changed was Pilar and Rosario in left field platooning and, you know, playing time for the catchers. Uh, especially more so in the second half when Murphy faded. But I, I don't think – the lineup is done. The lineup is set. The lineup is what it is. He's got his lefty lineup. He's got his righty lineup. And he, Rob Thompson, I mean, doesn't want to overthink it. Um, you can marginally maybe do something different, move a guy up here, move a guy up there. But anytime you do that, it sends a particular message to a player somewhere along the way. And that message may not be – good it may not be well received whatever i i think the move has been made the move was made earlier to 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 drop castellanos in the order and he's hitting why mess with it right he's going to come up in a spot somewhere that's going to be important they trust alec they trust alec to find his way out of it um he did not have a good series there's no doubt about it but the lineup is what it is and i don't think other than you know the difference between facing a lefty or facing a righty um you know the, the 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 uh the, the one thing you might see there, I mean, they just don't really have a, a ton of left-handed pitching. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's right-handed heavy. 
So I, I just think you're going to see the exact same lineup um, pretty much all the way through. Well, much like L.A., I trust Topper. So if he's good with it, I'm good with it. Scott, we appreciate it. We've enjoyed the calls, and uh, we'll be listening Monday night against Dimebacks. Thank you, Scott. Enjoy your weekend. Appreciate you. All right, sounds good, guys. Talk to you next week. There he goes, Scott Fransky, the voice of the Phillies there, giving us his thoughts on the team, the run, the Rojas Cats, all of it. 215-592-9494. Back to all your phone calls coming up. Ruben Amaro will join us at 1230, and the rest of the show is for your calls. Plus, the Rojas catch, what it sounded like at Citizens Bank Park without commentators, just the raw audio. We'll play that next on the Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Snap attacks this NFL season with FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94WIP. I really like the FanDuel app. It's so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash G-I-G-L-I-O. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL.